Hello, hello, and welcome to The Mental Matchup, a podcast where we hope to shed light on one of the hardest competitions an athlete will ever face, the matchup against their own mind. I'm Kat, and today I'm joined by Paul Macrina. Paul grew up in Massachusetts and went to undergrad playing lacrosse at Drexel University before going to grad school and playing at UMass Lowell. Paul Paul is currently getting his master's in business administration at UMass Lowell, and Paul has his own podcast called Smooth Talk Podcast, where he shines a light on mental health by bringing on guests and giving others a platform to talk about their own journeys. Go check him out. Go give him a listen after listening to a great episode on the mental matchup. Paul and I get pretty deep about what it was like you know, in terms of impact on his mental health when thinking about being raised by a single mom versus, you know, this archetype of a traditional family of two with a male and female figure and that impact and also the impact just in general of college, playing lacrosse, um, you know, living at home, figuring out what he wants to do with his life. And, And I think Paul hit on so many key topics that I think are prevalent, at least with what I've seen in myself and in my peers recent years. And I think it's a great episode all around. We keep it light. We keep it funny. Um, but yeah, with that, let's get right into it. Paul, thank you so much for coming on The Mental Matchup. I am extremely excited to have you on and chat all about mental health, your experiences, and your podcast. Um, So to kick us off, can you tell the audience a little bit about who you are, where you are, and what you do? Yeah, for sure. So my name is Paul Macrina. Um, currently a collegiate lacrosse coach at UMass Lowell, which is very exciting. I've been playing lacrosse for a really long time now, so getting to continue doing that is Obviously, you know, such an honor, um, especially at the Division One level. Um, I played collegiate lacrosse at Drexel University and UMass Lowell, um, went to Lowell for my graduate years, which was great. And um, now I'm mostly kind of kicking off my revamp podcast, I guess, if you will. You know, I'm kind of all over the place there. Uh, but So that's kind of my big thing is, you know, is, um, being an advocate mental health-wise and trying to uh, use my platform as, you know, a division one lacrosse player and now coach to really spread, you know, mental health awareness in terms of male athletes and obviously athletes in general, but like men in general, where, um, you know, that stigma is so almost frowned upon about like men not being able to open up and um, that conversation would go on for hours about. So we won't totally get into that, all that right now, but um, that's kind of the basis of like who I am and kind of what I do. Awesome. I'm like, where do we start? Sports. Um, (laughs) Sports. Was it always lacrosse for you? Was it, were there other sports? Kind of what, what type of role did sports play in, you know, your experience growing up? Yeah. I mean, lacrosse is the first thing I fell in love with, you know, Um, I was fortunate enough to have that. Um, You know, I played baseball and soccer and um, basketball, whatever, and none of those really did it for me. And then I played the cross and kind of found a groove and found a coach that I really liked. And 
that was when I was, you know, early six, seven-ish. And then later on, you know, everyone tries and plays goalie and it's like terrible the first time because it's like toddlers and bobbleheads running around, right? It's just like never that fun. Um, and as we got a little bit older, my coach was like, I think you are kind of good at this, like keep doing it. And then as soon as I took that role and made it kind of my thing, just life changed for me, you know, I. Uh, was able to kind of take all my whatever like young stress but especially going through high school and college like that was my stress release and that was what you know my passions whether my research on you know all my friends were sports and things like that so that's lacrosse for me and then I started football in eighth grade and you know everyone talks about Friday night lights or whatever but like going through high school like football was so sick right like you know it was the one thing everyone in the school went to right it was the one thing where I felt like yeah I get like hit with lacrosse balls a lot being a goalie but like the impact of football and the stress and like the actual blood, sweat, and tears, right? Like I didn't have those like triumphs in the cross, you know, I didn't have that like heartbreaking like fourth quarter drive, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like you don't get that same emotion. So um, I think football for kind of showing me the emotion of sport, you know, I try to take that into college with me. Um, and then I did some track and field like on the side and helped me work out with the football guys, things like that. Um, but lacrosse is, is definitely my thing what what was the path to playing collegiate lacrosse like when I asked that what I kind of mean is was it more of like a straight path where you were like oh I'm good I could do this or was it oh I'm good but can I do this like what what was that whole experience like so it looks so different for everyone yes I think self-doubt is so common right and it's what you do with it that makes you successful or not right like if you let it totally consume you then you, know, you put yourself in a box right like you have a ceiling um but I think early on I was able to kind of recognize that like, there's no way I'm the only person who has self-doubt right and like you know all my friends who were playing so I think my path was a little bit weird where you know I had a single mom at home and it wasn't like oh I could do this it was like yeah, like I need to do this you know what I mean it was like I love my family and like, I love home and everything, but I was like, I need to go make my own experience. I need to go like make her proud and my family proud and do all that. Um, so we're so young and <clears throat> found out I was pretty good at it. Like, so where I dedicated all my time and I was lucky enough to have friends, family and coaches who were like picking up and taking places. My mom could have just used it with my twin brother, right? Like who'd come over and work with me, things like that. And she did everything she could, but you know, the other day, like she's not a cross player, like, she can only help you so much, right? So she's the greatest, you know, greatest support system ever. But it was mostly that idea of, you know, I need to make my family proud. And I finally found something that I loved. And it was like, how do I, like, thank my family for all their support and to keep doing it? And then, you know, obviously, like, talent becomes part of it. But, like, you don't get talented just waking up and, like, grabbing a stick. You know what I'm saying? So you got to learn the basics of the game and really dive into it. It's like, if you don't care about like catching and throwing, you'll never be good. So I was looking to have a lot of people who made the small things really important to me. And I think that that carried into, well, you do all this pretty well, like now build on top of it, right? Like now go see more shooters, go to those, you know, go to those clinics, go to those, whatever. Um, so I think like opportunity and well, luck is, you know, like opportunity and preparation meet it was you know I got really lucky with the opportunity of um, a prospect day and my preparation from years of great coaching and missing things to play lacrosse you know like 
it might sound dumb, but back in the day, like I was missing homecoming dances and things like that, which was like such a big deal for a middle schooler. But when I was doing it to miss tryouts, I mean, doing it to, um, I was missing those events for tryouts and preparation and practice and all that stuff. So my path was weird, but it got me there. Yeah. I, I'm very curious, um, how, how kind of growing up with like a single mom impacted just like you and how you see the world and what you value and ultimately like if it had an impact on your mental health growing up like I I, I think moms are superheroes um yeah. I, I grew up with two parents which is different um than your experience but totally I mean I've I've you know friends who I just think it's I don't know it's it can be a really challenging experience but moms are so important so can you share a little bit about that yeah for sure uh it's obviously you know especially kind of when i'm in massachusetts like phone from divorce family is like not super common um i think there's a lot of people especially when you go through like my area and then when i got to college not a lot of my friends were proxy divorce or anything either um so thankfully she's able to support my brother and i um and and I don't, it's kind of hard to describe like what it was like going through it at the time. I was super young when they did get divorced, but it just gave me no appreciation kind of on life, to be honest with you. You know, I saw I'm like struggling to work a job and then drive me to whatever practice and take my brother to whatever practice. And then it was in high school when I was, I guess, mature enough to really understand everything that was going on and that happened and like the things she does actually do for us. Um, my outlook on life just became like you need to appreciate everything right because like it wasn't you know it was my mom doing everything right it was my mom taking us over paying for everything you know food on the table she was financing sports our equipment and you know like where my friends were getting things excuse me my friends were getting things with two paychecks it was like i had from one and you know like not everything's obviously monetary but still like when you're younger like it's important to like have good toys fun toys like new things right so you know, as you get older, you start to kind of understand like the as and flows of what it's like to go through and navigate life um, and then kind of recall and think about, you know, the times where, you know, I was just home alone for a night and had to figure out like what I was going to do because my brother was, you know, doing something about how to be with him, right? It's just learning how to kind of be alone um, and how to, you know, honestly like be a man, like she did the best she could, but obviously as not a, not a man, like I think that was one of my biggest struggles and, and why I feel like I relate so well to people was like, I didn't come from a normal background, but like I had to learn how to do things by myself and become a little more self-sufficient. I think it allows you to serve others. And I think you can, you know, teach people how to kind of take ownership of their life a little bit. I think that's a lot of like what my podcast is too, is like taking ownership of like your struggles, like your business, your, whatever your life might be. And, like you can do it too, sort of thing. Like, you know, not everyone dreams of being division on the cross player, but like it's super hard work and you can do it with whatever background sort of thing. Like if you have the right tools and the right support system. So I guess to kind of boil down like where I am now too, like she taught me support, right? She taught me, you know, unconditional love and support and um, like emotional support, not just like physical and monetary, um, but also just, she was without a doubt like herself and she didn't change that. and. 
Um, like I appreciate her vulnerability and like being real with me and my brother when everything was going on, because um, if she had held back and I didn't know exactly what life was like, exactly what her life was like, then I would never have appreciated all that she did for us. I think it's important to acknowledge those people in your life and um, all they do for you. Totally. Um, that's amazing. I also think something that's like very clear to me in just like the few minutes that we've been chatting is like you, I feel like you really take pride in investing in yourself, um, which I think is like to your point about you can do it if you have the tools and the right support system. Like I think that last part of it for me is like you have to be able to invest in yourself. Like things like we started off with like talent's only going to get you so far. Like if you're not willing to put in the work, um, things aren't like they'll fall on your lap for a little bit, but like, trust me that the handouts, the handouts will stop at, at a certain point and you'll be on your ass if you aren't (laughs) able to like, you know, be self-sufficient, believe in yourself, all that, um, outside of kind of that as a whole, like, what was your, what was your mental health like growing up? What were, if there were any conversations like in your, community and your family around mental health? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't really a conversation until I got to college, to be honest with you. You know, um, like high schools do their best, especially go public high school does their best. But, you know, we're 14,000 kids and Rentham, Massachusetts, you know, like it's a smaller community, but we're not totally affected by a lot of outside things, right? Like, um, I think that if there isn't a mental health issue or problem, then for like places like where I am, it's not necessarily a conversation that I totally needs to be had, right? Like if it ain't broke, it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it sort of thing, you know? If, um, out of sight, being, out of mind. Yeah. Right, exactly. So it's, you know, like introducing the idea of mental health and like potentially how bad it could be. You know what I mean? Like just integrate that, like make more people susceptible to it, right? So there's just a million things and, um, like pathways have gone down thinking about like why we didn't do more in high school and all that. Um, but I would say that like moving through mental health, like after the divorce, once I knew what was going on, then um, I didn't really deal with it as much. If that makes sense. Like I, I'm pretty fortunate that like with my support system and everything, like I haven't had, there's obviously there's like tough days. Right. And like, between you know, death and then obviously the divorce, things that pop up, right? Like everyone has, has those tough days and navigating like, okay, is this a mental health thing or is this a mental health problem or is this a like bad day? Um, so I think that was more like my internal struggle was I thought I was dealing with, you know, like, you know, potentially some mental health problems, things like that growing up. But I just had to understand that like the situation of my parents' divorce like wasn't about me. And for a while I thought it was. Um, so I would say that was my only like real instance of mental health but since then because of my appreciation for my mom my appreciation for life i've kind of been able to change my outlook and be like i'm so grateful to be here so it's like how do i make my experience here and everyone else's around me better Mm. so like you know listening to that one person who's struggling like makes my day better because i know i can help them in some way and hopefully makes them better too and i think that flipping your outlook of like dang like life was hard today well it's like how do I outwardly receive the energy I want to put out in this world? And I think that's the thing we talk about on my team a lot too, is like, if, if you're, you know, if we got, you know, seven, eight lift on a Monday and you're dragging, we'll look to, you know, your, your buddies to your left and your right. Cause maybe one of them isn't I'm like, how do I get that energy? 
I try to kind of incorporate that to everything I do. Um, so it took me a while to get there. You know, it's not easy just wake up like, oh, I'm going to be happy today, right? Like, it's not that. Um, but just understanding that, like, every day here is a blessing. You know, it's nothing's for granted. And, like, I'm super fortunate enough to be where I am. Um, so it's easier for me to say that where I'm surrounded by great people doing what I love every single day. But in turn, you know, you can find that that ray of sunshine kind of every every day in some way or another. Um, if not, then use the people around you that maybe do have that ray of sunshine, right? That maybe do have that energy today. I think there's so much power in reaching out and connecting with other people. Um, and I always yeah. think there's at least one thing to be grateful for every day. Like, right? like it's I'm, yeah. I, I know I'm not in like the worst place in Manhattan, right? Like I know there are people who are who are you know in worse places than me doing you know what I mean just all that. Um, so it's really easy for me to be like kind of on my pedestal here as the visual crossfire and coach and be like, yo, like life's great. But I totally do think that. I mean, if you wake up in the morning, like that's a great start today because you did it. Like if that's your only ray of sunshine, then like that's your ray of sunshine is your live doing. Yeah, I, I think it's also very easy, and I mean sometimes I'm there like I have my days where I'm like everything stinks right but like the little things like running water a working toilet like a shower like even the simplest things like you can kind of I feel like reset and be like okay like uh, the things that like they're so small but they really impact my day-to-day are working and are here like let's take a moment to like be grateful for that and shift the mindset from like Definitely. all the things that are going wrong to like okay well what's going right even if it doesn't seem that substantial right. they tend to add up um which is hard to do when you're in the moment and you're like you know pulling your hair sure. out crying <laughs> screaming yeah um yeah, for sure but i love that i love that mindset that you have with your team what like what was your overall experience like playing collegiate lacrosse like were there any key moments that pop out at you um of like learnings or struggles or really high highs over the course of your you know five, i think five years is that right yeah i did like a weird six year sort of thing we can get in <laughs> later for you too um i think especially at our level too it was like for a lack of a better term like you know you have 50 dudes on your team they were all the man in their high school right like yeah. they were all top notch right they were all working harder than the person like the town over for them because they want to beat them so bad right so i think about you know small town america for me where i was like oh i'm working harder than the kid in, in franklin or north Attleboro. like I, i'm going to be better than him well there's you know 49 other states where dudes are have that same mentality and are more gifted than me right are more athletic do come from a better you know like background in terms of you know like uh like like uh like notable high schools, things like that, right? Like they are advantages outside of just working hard. And so that reality of like time to put up or shut up, I think, is something that I really love to to reflect on. And it's you can tell the kids that walk in and just think that they're gonna be makes they were in high school. Like they struggle adapting and like with playing time, things like that, you know what I mean? Like they don't really understand that um yeah, that dude from California that you're going up against where the cross isn't that big. He lifted seven days a week and ran seven days a week. It was a wobble seven days a week, right? So, like, that dude worked way harder than me. He was gifted more athletically. Like, he just didn't come from a big high school. And, like, things like that is a little more humble. So, um, using that kind of shape after my 
first two weeks of freshman year because everyone goes in thinking that way. You know what I mean? Like everyone has something to prove. Everyone's got, you know, their name, you know, their family's name on their back. And it's like, how do I put my name on the mark or on the map? Um, but from there, you know, like just blindly, like, I didn't play a ton. You know, that's, that's life. That's how it goes. Like my opportunities superseded my playing time. You know, like I wouldn't have been able to probably get my graduate degree if I played. I would have been like too, um, too okay with, you know, I love Drexel. Like, you know, there was no animosity there, but I wanted to like kind of do something closer to home and, you know, test myself. And so, you know, I would have gotten a graduate, graduate degree. Um, I was a two-time captain at Will. Never would have happened at Drexel. Uh, you know, kind of really started to understand my podcast and what I would do with my life when I was in Lowell. And I think that, you know, obviously it would have been great to play and like the experience, of course. And, you know, it, every day I wake up, I'm like, shoot, man, I wish I could have done a little bit more with my, uh, my ability. But, you know, time is only what you make of it. And I think that I made the most of my time by making all my connections and meeting all my people and trying to navigate life and figure out, okay, like, what do I want to be? You know what I mean? It's, a little kind of corny, but I always felt and, and heard that, you know, so the day you moved to college, right, the first 18 years, right, you were what people told you to be, right? You were how, like, your parents molded you, your school molded you, your friends molded you, right? You kind of define yourself, but you were what you had to be for your first eight, 18 years. Once you get into college and you're on your own, like, you are now what you want to be. And I think I took that sort of, like, okay, I was, you know, small town America, lacrosse goalie, like, how do I make it so that's not my personality, right? Like, how do I figure out there's more to life? Like, how do I branch out and meet people and learn, like, what they're about, you know? Like I said, the kid from California, like, his experience is different than mine, than the kid from Michigan, than, you know, the non-athlete who's from Arkansas, who's just there to be an engineer, right? Like, I felt so much, I think you said, like, connecting to people earlier, like, I felt like connecting with people was, like, such my calling and such my thing. Um, so I turned lacrosse into like my platform and like, yeah, there were a bunch of highs and lows. I mean, like we won a conference championship my senior year and that was, you know, just after COVID, like that was the coolest thing ever, right? Like we got a ring, like all that stuff. Um, but I think that sports does give you like this great platform to meet people and like expand your horizons. And I'm really fortunate where that's what it's been able to do for me. I think I know the answer, but like, for someone listening who's like, even if they're not just getting into college, but they're struggling to figure out who they are, what they stand for, like even what they like, what are like, what's the starting place that you can look back and be like, this was a, this was a great way for me to figure out this thing or this thing, maybe like even two starting places to kind of give like the advice yeah. back to the audience. I think like, I'll start with one that's, maybe you shouldn't necessarily do. And I think it's really common with, especially social media is like, you see, you know, like a, an actor, an actress, a movie star, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like, or she's like a, an artist or an athlete. You're like, Oh, I want to be like, just like them. And it's like, well, you're never going to, excuse me. If you're a college, if you're, excuse me, if you're a high schooler, like you can't just wake up and be LeBron James the next day. Right. And it's like, <laughs> like oh you know like look like look at it look at his shoes right look what he does like if he works out things like that it's like no no like that man's been doing this for x amount of years and has totally like redefined his craft right like tom brady the same thing especially growing up in new england you're like oh my god i want to be tom brady one day well it's like how long has been tom playing football 
right? Like how he had to like redefine himself as the backup to like become the guy. So I think starting point is like, don't try to base yourself off of someone you're totally not yet, you know, like aim realistically. And I think when I had first got to Philly, I was like, didn't know there was so much more out there. You know, I didn't know, like, there were guys who were talking about, like, going down to Jersey Shore. I was like, well, I've never been. Like, I thought it was just Snooki and Wow on TV. And it's like, no, no, no. Like, there's it's kind of, of some of it. <laughs> right. Like, it's definitely some of it. Like, there's so much more to life than just, like, visually on TV. So, from there, I think you do – everyone has a moral compass. Like, everyone has, like, a set of, like, values that they believe in. And I think, you, you know, when you mentioned, like, what they stand for – like intrinsically you'll know good from bad and then from there some people know more than others but i think that like when i saw you know like when i saw someone like post something dumb on social media like you would know it right like even starting off like just observing your surroundings and being like oh like i like what that person is is like saying or wearing like do, like can i can i pull that off and try it you know take chances especially like and you're trying to define yourself, you take chances. Because if you never try to figure out who you are, then you'll never know. So, like, yeah, you, like, you might look dumb wearing jean shorts one day, very dude, you know what I mean? Like, for me, like, I wore too short of jean shorts one day, and we were out at, like, a party, right? And it's like, oh, I'm going to do it because it's, like, fun or whatever, but, like, I'm never going to wear them again, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but did I try to have fun and, like, be something I wasn't for a day? Yeah, of course. Like, my brother's, you know, a little bit of a country dude, like, he's wearing flannels and jeans and cowboy boots, and definitely not my style but I threw him on for a concert the other day and I was like all right like I see why you like this so <laughs> I think just be open and willing to one like be okay being yourself you know what I mean like put your own personality on things and they'll come to you you know and I think I kind of found my way by you know doing some things that are a little bit goofy and it's like well it kind of worked for me like I kind of like it or definitely not for me like I hated how I was getting looked at I hated how to look right so we're ready to try things and i think there's also the idea that it doesn't have to be drastic mm-hmm. right like if you want to try to figure out like or if you're not totally happy with who you are or, you know kind of where you are in life like don't try to go out and like re-engineer who you are like start basic you know what i mean like i remember i started listening to like new music and i was like oh like i kind of like this like you open a little rabbit hole and you're like oh now i'm listening to you know like mufford and sons on repeat for you know two months where i was like strictly like a rap guy just kind of an example but you know like i got to choose country music late and it's like okay like expand your horizons there you know try different food things like that and start to kind of figure out that trying things is good and i think that's where it all starts is be vulnerable be open to new things and then don't let other people kind of hold you back like if you're happy with what you're doing and what you got going on then be happy with what you got going on the real people the right people will support you doing it Totally. Um, that's such such a good piece of advice. I want to talk a little bit about what you're doing now. And I think there are like two things here. There's coaching and yeah. there's podcasting. And I I love your mindset on coaching. Like I think the more I think back to like growing up, the more I realize that like I spent more time with like my coaches a week in a year than I did my parents. Um, same thing in college. Like my, I was, and I think having really 
good coaches um, who look at the human first and can put things into perspective and like, you know, it's a game, it matters, but at the end of the day, it's a game, right? Like how do you strike that balance is so important. Can you talk a little bit about like what kind of led you into coaching and and really like what you kind of, you put into it and what you put out, get out of it, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Uh, for the, all of college, I was trying to figure out what do you want to do, right? And everyone says, like, what do you want to be when you grow up sort of thing? And it's like, get to college, like, art, here's my major. You know what I mean? You decide that and you're like, what do you want to do with it? And, like, not having an answer sometimes is the best answer because leaving yourself with an open mind is a good. Now, there's some people, you know, my buddy Brett went to West Point and he's wanted that since he was little and he did it and he's kicking, right? Like, he's now um, really good at what he does and he's moving up the ranks. So it's like, for some people, it works. Like, he's exactly where he should be and he's exactly where he wants to be. Um, but for me, you know, I took the general business route and I was like, all right, let's just see what happens. Like, I just want to make money and, now, when you're younger, like, oh, I'm going to be a pro lacrosse player and make $3,000. Like, that'll be fine. Like, I'll be okay. Like, yeah, pay um, money to play, basically. Right. <laughs> and as you get older, you realize that that's not how life works. Um, I think you have to navigate, well, how do, I, how do I take my passion and make it what I want to do? And, again, it's taking the risk, right? Like, I could have got a sales job that pays X amount, and it would have set me up for my first couple of years, and then I'd move up and whatever, and I'm a nine-to-fiver, and that's my life. And, um I could do that whenever, right? If that's my fallback plan, right? If that's something like I need to do, then I can do that whenever. But I stepped away from coaching and the coach staff gave me a great opportunity to come and volunteer with them and like get division one experience, like take the chance. And my mom was like, you know, live at home for free. You're not getting paid, like live at home. Uh, we're going to be roommates. So it's going to be fun. And so <laughs> it goes great. It is great. It's great. It's great. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I had to take a chance. And so... I was thinking like athletic directing, you know, back and forth, back and forth, whatever. But the thing that kept me with coaching was like how much time and for lack of a term, like you get to like keep your hands like involved in what they're doing and help mold young men and women. And with athletic directing in that route, that's phenomenal because you still get to do that definitely. Um, but I didn't feel like I was done with the team aspect yet. You know, I, I felt like there was so much more there and I think, my coaching staff is building something great and we're getting the right guys in the locker room and we're getting the right personalities. We're building the right culture and all that stuff is on the incline that something just told me that there's no way you could leave this. And so after talking with a lot of people, I was like, I'm going to take the chance and just coach. I'm like, let me see what I get out of it sort of thing. Like, let me see if that my love for the game transcends just playing and I can, you know, make it more than just, when I'm in that crease, if I can make it more like how I teach kids how to play, and then how do I, more importantly, get them through their day-to-day life? I think that's where I was looking back on like why I started my podcast and everything to begin with, and looking back on like things I saw through my teammates where, you know, outside of the sport of the cross, like there were so many signs that, you know, something wasn't right, whether it was like stress, like not doing well in school and not getting enough sleep, like weird eating habits or roommates don't see them. It's like all that stuff. And it was, I don't want anyone to have to go through that. And if I can get coach and, you know, be involved in their lives, then maybe I can help them navigate, right? Like the kid from Ohio who's 18 who has 
but never moved away from home. It's his first time away from home. Like, how does he now be living in Massachusetts and like the workload of visual on the cross? And without their support system, like that could grumble, right? Like that kid could, and you know, um, father, like we call it father face the map, right? What if he quits and he's just a student and finds the wrong group of people and like, you know, can't navigate life away from family. You know what I mean? Just all like, I kind of run through scenarios in my head that are like kind of worse than the worst, right? Um, but I stuck with coaching because just of that, you know, I felt like because I enjoy connecting with people so much and I hope my influence is a good influence, which I think it is, um, you know, why wouldn't I want to be in a space where that's pretty much my job? And I think I found that to be something really rewarding and something I kind of want to do for the rest of my life is keeping, you know, those relationships open. This podcast is presented by Morgan's Message, without whom these conversations would not be possible. Morgan's Message was founded in 2020 to honor Morgan Rogers, who was a beloved sister, daughter, and fiercely loyal friend. Morgan's Message's mission is simple. Eliminate the stigma surrounding mental health within the student-athlete community and equalize the treatment of physical and mental health in athletics. We aim to expand the dialogue on mental health by normalizing conversations, empowering those who suffer in silence, and supporting those who feel alone. To get involved, to find out more, or to follow along, you can head to morgansmessage.org or check us out on Instagram at morgansmessage. Let's get back to the episode. awesome and yeah I I mean I'm sure you're making a huge difference which is great too and I think very inspiring you kind of followed followed that gut feeling of like I think this could be something special I'm gonna dive right in and see if it is or not um and knowing that like I I feel like there's no there's no fear of failure or fear of like if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out you know like you'll figure it out along the way that's that's life life. yeah if (laughs) it doesn't work out it was never supposed to right like Yeah, I completely agree. I think like things shouldn't be that hard. If that makes like, I think like things should be pretty, pretty easy. I almost equate it to like, here I go again, going off on a tangent. Um, But like dating, I think dating is the easiest example. Like if it's hard, if like someone's not texting you back, someone's not like, it shouldn't be hard. And I think to listen to that right now, because some of my friends are not. Uh, yeah but no but really it's like it's things shouldn't get hard like there are exterior pressures right for everything you do um but kind of my biggest thing i think it revolves around like a lot of what i do now is like what you're passionate about and i guarantee that you find out what you're passionate about there is something out there that fulfills all your needs you have so much more energy too i feel like when you're doing something that you're like i want to be doing this and it fills your cup it's like you don't you usually don't procrastinate. You're like, I'm excited to do this. I'm pumped to get out there. Like it's a different right. mindset. Um, right. And I think that's like what, I don't know, not, I mean, work's going to be work sometimes. And like, you know, some of us Definitely. are lucky where 
part of the day is, you know, you're like, yeah, I want to do this. But I think yeah. above all, like at least outside of, you know, a nine to five, um, like finding what you're passionate about is so, so, so critical to, I think, like a happy life. Um, I also want to talk about your podcast. Can you give a little bit yeah. like some details, what it is, how it's going, um, name, where to find it, all the good stuff? Yeah, for sure. So I'm in a weird spot right now where um, I had my original idea and since then I've kind of revamped it because I didn't love totally like the message I was getting across. Um, so it started during uh, COVID and uh, excuse me, the idea came earlier when I was a sophomore and a few of my, the guys in my class had talked about how um, young student athletes from their high schools had, you know, taken their own lives. And, you know, one kid said, I was like, you know, it's so unfortunate, right, from I, I, from wherever he was, but um, I don't want to, like, kind of name all the names and everything. Yeah. It was just, damn, like, you know, once, like, it's so heartbreaking, the family, the community, this, this, and that, right? The, the normal kind of grieving that you go through, like, not been totally associated. And then, like, two weeks later, someone from a different high school. And then two weeks later, it was, like, from the same area with a different high school. And it was, like, well, like, that's, like, that shouldn't be happening, right? Like, the, these are kids who are prospective student-athletes in college. And, you know, I was spending all my time with my teammates, but more specifically, like, my class of guys, right? We all lived together. I was like, imagine not getting to experience, like, the locker room, the bus trips, the game days, the practices, the hardship. Like, there's so much that... And I know um, we're talking just athletes here, and I know it's kind of when it started, it was like more centered around athletes, but I was like, I had changed and matured and grown and become someone I was so happy with after leaving high school. In just, you know, a short amount of time, I was I couldn't imagine not getting to experience those things because you felt like you didn't have a support system and you felt like you were the only one that was going through whatever you're going through. And so I was talking to my buddy Tom Wall. Um, it was like 4 a.m. I was up. He was up, you know, just kind of, it happened because it was supposed to happen sort of moments. I was like, dude, like, you know, he's a mental advocate and someone who I, who I talked to about. And he was like, dude, like, I don't get, like, like someone's got, you know, how do we talk about it? Like, this isn't that. And he was like, dude, Division One cross player, like, how many people look up to you? Like, how many people follow you? You know, people on your level, right? Like, how many people dream of being at where you're at? He's like, you're it. Like, you're the platform. Like, you have your spot. Like, you have your voice. He's like, you're outgoing enough, you know what I mean? Like, charismatic enough, right? People sometimes enjoy listening to you talk, you know what I mean? It was just like that. Dude, like, do it. Like, what are you waiting for, sort of thing. And I was like, all right, all right, whatever. So it starts to vibe your mind, and that was my original. And I talked to my um, sports psychologist at Drexel, um, to Tom. I talked to a student athlete at Drexel, and my buddies from back home. And they were great, you know? It was them getting vulnerable, basically, about, like, the hardest the hardest moment of their life you know like um my friend alex lost his mom tom tried to take his life and they go into that and like kind of where they were during that moment and like some things they did to try to after that you know things they tried to do to help um with their stress levels with coping with whatever happened all that and i was loving that because it, it gave people the idea that being vulnerable is okay Right, and it gave people that idea that they're not the only one alone going through stuff. Like, here's five examples and how they got through it. But the more I thought about it, I was like, well, 
you got to see the light at the end of the tunnel. I was like, you know, Alex got through it, but Alex also went to San Diego with his sister and he like saw a bunch of our buddies and went to Super Bowls and went to like sick college football games and like totally kind of took life and was like, no, no, like, let me flip the script here. And then uh, like Tom got a sick job at DraftKings and was like living out his sports life and he's still making films and videos with his friends and like, but no one ever heard that in the podcast. And I was like, how can I tell someone or how can I tell everyone the worst moment in that person's life and then not give them the outcome? And because so many of, I'm sure you agree, like so many of your friends are doing so many amazing things. Like if you had heard their worst, however long ago it was, you couldn't imagine they were where they are now. And so I was like, surviving mind was also like, I hate to use the word, like it's not like victim based, but it was more like so hardship and like negative based. I was like, how do I flip this to make it like a triumph story, right? How do we hear, how do we hear and allow ourselves to relate to these people who we don't even know and who aren't celebrities or aren't like, you know, influencing our daily lives. Like, how do we make that something that's put out to the public? So I, I do have a nickname. It does have a big, big smooth. So, you know, like, it just kind of became a funny thing where, like, that's my name. But I kind of took that and it was, like, be who you are sort of thing. And, like, that's what people call me. That's what they call me. And then I kind of like the idea. It was, like, it's, really, like, it's easy. It's supposed to be, like, relaxed, laid back because mental health shouldn't be an overwhelming conversation. It just needs to be a conversation. And it needs to be part of everyday life. So I was like, if I can incorporate this idea of like me just being like open and personal and who I am, like this idea of like, oh, like chill, laid back, dude, but like cares and you can make mental health part of a conversation and not the like not the entirety of a conversation. You know, I was asking like questions like straight about mental health, but like it shouldn't be scripted, right? It should be free flowing and it should be organic. And so. Now I've got Smooth Talk Podcast, which I laugh every time because it's like just a funny nickname. But um, so yeah, Smooth Talk Podcast, and um, that's what I'm rocking with right now. And my first one is being filmed in a few days. Uh, I'll cut it up and release it. But I did like my little intro one, and that's all good. So I'm on Spotify with Smooth Talk Podcast on Instagram and all that good stuff. So uh, it's exciting, and I'm excited to give people that idea of like, well, here I am, but how do I get there? You know, totally. inevitably, like, would it be sick to sit next to, like, Luke Combs, who's my favorite, like, celebrity ever, <laughs> and hear, like, how he got from Appalachia State to, like, finding a guitar to realizing he was good at what he did? Yeah, of course, but, um, you know, you can't start at tippy top. You got to work your way up. So uh, I'm so excited to, like, talk to my friends and people I don't necessarily know and be like, all right, you were at your lowest. Like, well, tell me how you are now. Like, how'd you get to where you are? And, like, my buddy who, makes films and like wants to be a comedian. And I was like, well, how'd you figure out you were funny? Right. Like, how'd you figure out, like, let's give people tools to find their own passion. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of that great intersection of mental health and passion and figuring out your future while being okay with who you are now. Like it kind of integrates all the things that I super care about in my life and things I all want to be. That's awesome. We'll make sure we link it in the show notes too. So they can, everyone can check it out. Um, We are coming up on time. Is there anything you feel like we haven't touched on that you want to chat about? Honestly, I think just the biggest thing, I want to echo it and kind of say where the last thing people hear is like, find your passion and do something with it. Um, I know I've kind of talked about it before, but don't let like whatever outside structure you feel is placed on you totally dictate your life because i guarantee there's a way to 
make money and support your family and like live your life and have fun and do all these things while doing your passion. And it might not be the thing that totally consumes your time, right? You talk like a nine to five, you know, if you're super into like drawing or, or cartooning, whatever, you know, whatever it might be. Yeah. Your nine to five might not be that, but mm-hmm. I guarantee you, like you can find ways to integrate that into your life that fulfill you and make you happy. And the last thing I'll leave with is like, look for those bright moments every day and know that every morning you wake up like you want like you did something great you know what i mean like attack the day feeling that i'm so fortunate enough to be here and i might not be totally happy with where i am at life right now but big picture you have time to look at like look at moments right look at the the smaller things that help build your day and build your life that was i normally end with closing questions and my first closing question was going to be what's a good piece of advice and i feel like you totally home run that with those two yeah you read my mind um my final closing question and honestly my my favorite one is what are you most grateful for i gotta say like my family um you know it would be i see people who you know like are rude to their parents and things like that and i'm like you wouldn't be literally anything like you wouldn't be here without them but you wouldn't be the human that you are. You know what I'm saying? Like you just, there, there's there's no way I could have gotten anywhere in my life if it wasn't for my mom, my brother, and um, I think my dad too, but my mom was around for, for everything. Um, yeah. And so I think just, you know, I understand that life's not always easy with parents. You know, like their jobs to try to do what they think is best for you. And unfortunately, some parents show that in different ways than others. And it might not be what you think is best. And I understand that but at the end of the day for me it was like you know i is understanding you know i wouldn't be anything without her and, and my brother's support um uh, also my family and friends too but like those two people are kind of my everything so um i'm i'm most grateful for my brother sam and mom thank you so much for sharing that thank you so much for coming on and chatting um yeah. i loved hearing about your experiences and then chatting about like what you're doing with this podcast and coaching and it's awesome. Um, so thank you again. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And you know, anyone listening, like if you need to reach out, want to reach out, talk all that good stuff. Like I swear, I'm just how I am here is how I am all the time. Like I'm bubbly. I'm going like, I want to talk to people. I want to hear about people. Like I'm a conversation guy. So even if you're just like, yo, Paul, like what's kicking today? Like I will tell you what's kicking. Like I'll tell you what's good. It's, if you need something that, you know, like Paul, I'm down bad. Like, I don't know, you know, I, I'm not sure what I'm doing. Right? Like, I'm unhappy this way. So, like, I'll give you something to be happy about. So like the best thing you guys, the people around you. And, and I'm so grateful and honored to be able to be one of those people if you guys need me. And um, so thank you for allowing me to go on this platform and, and share kind of my passions. Another huge thank you to Paul for coming on the Mental Matchup and sharing his experiences, talking about mental health and really talking about, you know, what's what's next for him down the road. I am so grateful for Paul and I hope everyone enjoyed the conversation. If you yourself are looking to share your story or learn a little bit more about the Mental Matchup, you can head to morgansmessage.org or shoot us an email at 
submission at morgansmessage.org. Last but not least, a huge thank you to Morgan's Message for presenting the mental matchup. If you want to follow along, you can find Morgan's Message on Instagram at Morgan's Message. If you want to get involved, you want to see what it's about, learn more, you can head to morgansmessage.org. With that, we will see you next episode.